What is going on, everyone? Welcome to the Rocky Top Times, where we talk about all things Tennessee Vols. My name is Sean. My name is Chase. It is Friday night, hallelujah, but we are <laughs> watching the South Carolina game. Chase has it uh, on the side. Of, I think it's at the ninth inning, and South Carolina is still leading 3-2 to two right now. So Yeah. Yeah, I haven't been watching it, but what are your thoughts so far of game two? Well, uh, you know, I thought after game one, I thought we'd come out strong and score a lot of runs, but it's kind of been a boring game, and then we took out our starter, brought in our reliever, and uh, um, hit a three-run home run on us, and we haven't been able to come back since, and uh, we just lost. So, um, oh, so, so it's official. Lost now. game two. Yep, so it's official now. Um, yeah, we lost game two now, so now we got to come in uh, game three tomorrow at noon and uh, kind of step it up and make sure we don't lose our third series of the year to a not nearly as good as we are team in South Carolina. Yeah. And I mean, I know they're ranked 15th, but I mean, golly, we're, you know, we're talking about us. Yeah. We're talking about a top five team with us, top four, really. So hopefully they can clean it up. Um, and yeah, and it's been a while since we've recorded and a lot of it's my fault because, uh, you know, if you live in a 500 mile radius of the Smoky Mountains, which I'm sure most of you do, you'll get pollen, and this pollen is just killing me. The drainage has just killed my throat, and I just I sound like a Disney villain or something. But, yeah, so I'm slowly recovering, so if you hear me cough every now and then, my apologies. <laughs> I'll try my best to remember how to mute. But, yeah, man, it's it's been a great – it's been a very entertaining baseball season, and that's coming from someone who – doesn't really like baseball that much. I'm just going to be frank. But I do love my Tennessee Vols. So anytime they're good at something, I'm going to be rooting for them and kind of listening and stuff like that, especially with everything that's been going wrong with football, you know, the past decade and basketball. We've been doing really good, but we can't, you know, get there in the postseason. So mm-hmm. it, it's fun during an awkward time where historically at Tennessee, it hasn't been fun. So um, I don't know. Is this the most fun you've had so far in baseball season for Vols? Yeah, the last few years have been, you know, they've been pretty well, going pretty well under Bitello. And um, I think at this point we're, we're really wanting to take that next step and, and actually getting to the College World Series rather than just making it to the regionals. Um, you know, I'm assuming we're going to be one of the top eight overall seeds. So we're going to make it or be the host site for the regionals and things like that. So. You know, at this point, it's just um, can we take that next step and get over the hump, as they would say, to uh, you know, to make it to the College World Series, so we can um, kind of progress the program to the to the next level for somewhere that we haven't been since 2005. Um, you know, the history for Tennessee baseball is not doesn't really run that deep, but we've had some some good seasons. But it was you know, it's been a while since we've really made it uh, far anywhere. Yeah, and that Arkansas game, you know, that last series was phenomenal. And yeah. every game was within a score. And they're the number one team, rightfully so. They they were very good. They're outfield. Very good. I mean, they look like an MLB team, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> that outfield was just making plays left and right, catching mm-hmm. really difficult plays. But, yeah, I, I was proud of our boys. Even though we lost, I think we gained a lot of respect nationally. Um, maybe yeah. the coaches – didn't really get along very much. <laughs> so, but yeah. So, South Carolina, we should beat them tomorrow, but 
You just never know. I mean, the first game, we beat them pretty bad, 10-4, to 4, and mm-hmm. we were hitting the ground running, you know, Thursday night. But I don't know. What did you think of that first game when we beat them bad? Yeah, I mean, it was just typical Tennessee, timely hitting and, and good pitching. Um, hopefully we, our bullpen can really step up in, in the next – within when we start the postseason play, really. Um, I feel like once we get past our starters, it's kind of shaky in the bullpen at some point. Um, I know our bats are usually going to show up, and, and we can um, make up for some some uh, some runs and things like that to, to get us to the uh, the win. But yeah, it's going to be an interesting um, to see how they handle you know the pressures of, of trying to get through the regionals to the super regional, and then um, some expectations of them making it to the College World Series and potentially competing for the championship. Um, but, it, you know, we've lost two series so far this year to Vanderbilt and Arkansas, two teams that are ranked ahead of us. So we, we have to make sure that we, you know, we have to learn from those and make sure that we, we're, you know, we're kind of ready for the ready for the big, big time ball whenever it comes up. So uh, hopefully we can get to that point. Yeah, it's safe to say that an SEC team will probably win this whole thing. You know, it's, yeah. you know, Arkansas, Vanderbilt and us. You know, I definitely think we're like that one, two, three. So, I don't. Do you know who's out of conference that's ranked up there with us? I can't remember the team. Texas. <clears throat> Texas. Okay. Of course, yeah. another Orange T school. <laughs> Gosh. But we're killing it in baseball this year. So far, our record is forty-one and fourteen after tonight. I yep. guess you should say so. Nineteen and ten is our SEC record, which is pretty dang good. So where do we stand at in the East? I know, you know, if we would have beat Arkansas, we probably would have won the conference, if I'm not mistaken, uh, assuming we've taken care of the rest. But where do we stand right now with the East and everything? Yeah, since uh, Vanderbilt had a game that was postponed or canceled or however they're going to deem that game, um, we have a one-game lead on them um, in the win column. So so right now we're – I think – Vanderbilt's playing Kentucky right now. They did beat them yesterday. Um, and now that we've lost, I think they're actually down right now where they were the last time that I looked. So, you know, we could potentially win the win the East today or tomorrow. Um, I guess we just definitely need to win tomorrow just to kind of seal it. But, you know, if we tie, Vanderbilt win, won the uh, regular season series against us. So they would take the crown over us. Typical Vandy. I know. The Vandy Boys. How can you be? <laughs> I just can't take them serious that they call themselves the Vandy Boys. So, and yeah. I think they're playing Kentucky this weekend, right? And they've already beat them yeah. in game one. They okay. beat them game one. They're like I said, the last time I looked, they were losing to them tonight. So I'm not sure what the score is right now, but um, yeah, we definitely needed them to lose. But you know, I can't imagine that they would honestly. Sweet. So we mentioned earlier that we're number four in the country, which is huge. So is that is that our highest ranking ever? I'm not sharp on our vault baseball history, but that seems like it's got to be up there. Yeah, you know, honestly, I don't know what our highest ranking is, but I'd say it's if it's not, I'd say it's uh, it's very close to the highest ranking. I can't imagine that we've ever been ranked higher than you know fourth or fifth. So explain this to me and people that aren't, you know familiar with the college baseball 
I guess, tournament mm-hmm. playoffs. So do we have like a percent of how much, how likely we're going to get into the World Series, or do you th- are we already in? No, so there's um, so right after the regular season, right after the SEC tournament, there's there's what's called just the regionals. Um, so there's 16 top seeds. So the top 16 RPI seeds, um, they're the host site. So there's four teams at each host site. So Tennessee will play. It'll be three teams plus Tennessee in Knoxville playing. Uh, for the regional it's double elimination whoever comes out of that region uh, moves on to the super regionals Um, so then they will play from the super regionals so say Tennessee came out of the the region they didn't lose twice everybody else lost twice Um, they make it to the super regional we'll play against one team and it'll be a three-game series uh, best of best of I guess whoever wins two of those if you win those two games, you'll move on to the College World Series. So there's not really a um, a percentage or anything like that. Um, Just show mean, up and play. The, yeah, the higher ranking you are, I mean, typically that means the worst teams you play. But um, if you make it this far, I mean, every team's going to be good. And, I mean, you got to come and play your best. So you mentioned earlier – that Tennessee has been to the College World Series just four times in their entire history, and the yeah. most recent one was back in 2005. So yeah, that was a long time ago. I was in high school, so that was forever ago. So that was what? I was 11. <laughs> you were 11. Oh gosh, 11. <laughs> you, I love how so, you bring that up. <laughs> yeah. 1951. I think we we're actually College World Series runner-ups in 1951. Jesus. So that was our our last time. I think we ever made it. I think that was the only time we've ever made it to the actual championship games. Um, we made it there in 1995, just to just to the World Series, 2001 and 2005 as well. So, um, yeah, we'd like to definitely add this one to our uh, to our list. Yeah, and that just goes to show what Tony Vitello has done. So yeah. he is just—I don't know what it is, man. Maybe he's just the real deal. But whatever he's done, he has made Tennessee baseball fun for people like me who don't even really care about baseball. But because yeah. I love my Tennessee Vols, I'm going to be watching him. I'm going to be rooting for him. I'm going to be keeping up. It's kind of like the Olympics. Like I, I can't stand. <laughs> I can't stand hockey. You know, we're, we live in Tennessee. There's hardly any snow. But when the Olympics come on, man, I am like cheering on USA like it's that miracle <laughs> movie. You know, I don't. Yeah. I don't. I don't know what it, it's just. I don't know. It's just like the American in me. It's like the Tennessee in me. I, I just root for it. So, yep. I don't know. Even curling, you know, I'll, I'll watch those guys. Oh, I love curling, dude. Yeah, man. I'll just watch those guys, you know, smear it back and forth, back and forth. So, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It's it's really cool to see. but And maybe it's just because we are so tired of getting disappointed in football. And we're just and basketball for that matter. Yeah, in postseason basketball, we're just kind of over it. Now we're kind of ready for another mm-hmm. sport to be disappointed in. I'm kidding. But you know <laughs> what I mean? It, it's just different. It's a different feeling. It seems kind of fresh. So, yeah. and But I guess another thing, too, because I don't care that much about baseball, but I do like Tennessee. I love Tennessee. If they do have a heartbreaking loss, I, <laughs> I don't take it as hard as like I would football <laughs> or basketball. So that's kind of been good therapy in that sense. But yeah. you know, you get the gist. So Tony Vitello, do you think he's the real deal, or do you think he's just in the right place at the right time, or do you think it's too early to tell right now? Because 
I don't know. I'd love to hear your thoughts because you're kind of the baseball guru. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think he's a real deal. I don't, you know, when Dave Serrano was here right before Vitello took over, um, you know, we were kind of slack and we were like a 500 team. We were never really getting anywhere. Um, we always had some pretty decent players at, at all times and we just never really made it really anywhere. So I think Dave Serrano kind of took over that that West Coast style team playing small ball, but in the SEC, you need some power hitters, you need power pitching. As you can tell, I mean, there's top three top, or there's top three teams in the SEC or in the top four, top five in the country. So um, you definitely need some power bats. You can't be, you know, small ball and bunning around and, and things like that. You got to hit your home runs. You got to throw 95 and or higher, um, things like that. And Vitello's, he was known as one of the top recruiters when he came from Arkansas. Like, uh, you know, I think most people heard that he was the one that recruited pretty much all of the players that are currently on the Arkansas team right now. What? Um, he was number one in the country. So just kind of goes to show uh, what kind of recruiter he is. I know we have, like, one of the top recruiting classes for next year. Um, one guy's I think he's ranked number six overall prospect um, for the MLB draft out of high school for next year. So if he ends up coming to Tennessee – and not signing in the draft, I think we'll have a super good squad next year, but um, I wouldn't be too uh, – I wouldn't think that he would come if he's going to be a top ten pick in the draft. Uh, yeah, in that like almost like tens of millions, fifties of millions? Uh, it'll be about – I think the signing bonus for a top ten picks around like – I don't think it's more than – five or six million signing bonus <laughs> you say that like yeah. you say that like it's nothing i guess in <laughs> i guess in a baseball you know mlb baseball it's nothing but golly yeah. just comparing that to mine i just want to cry million. <laughs> yeah um yeah. Oh, it's but just, yeah, he, you know five million yeah, yeah five <laughs> just to sign your name on a paper yeah but you only get half of that sean you only get two and a half million i mean come on <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah tony vitella i mean he's a real deal we got a we got to do a lot of stuff to keep him around. I think, uh, I know me and you've been talking about it. What, what can we do to keep him? And it's just, um, there's a long list of, of different things that we would probably have to do. So let's talk about that list because I, uh, let's be real. This is a business, no matter how much he loves it at Tennessee, we're not traditionally strong in baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can make the argument that he wants to build his own program. And I hope that's true. But, you know, what? what's to say, you know, an LSU or, you know, uh, Vanderbilt, whenever their coach is gone, you know, whoever, you know, those teams are tradi- traditionally known for baseball. So what's to mm-hmm. say these schools aren't going to call him up and, you know, double that salary? You know, I don't it, – it's just difficult. You know what I mean? I know there's – you mentioned that there's rumors of LSU. You know, I think their coach is talking about potentially retiring soon. And yeah. I, if I was an LSU AD, I would definitely look at Tony Vitello. So yeah. do you think – I don't know. What do, what do you think? Do you think Danny White should just open up the checkbook for him? Do you think he should renovate these things? Do you think he should do both? It's just – I felt like there's a lot of what-ifs. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. I, at the same time, as an a, as a new AD, you kind of don't want to mess this up. I, I, think, yeah. I think you should sit down with Tony – I'm saying Tony, or like a first name basis. You should sit down with T Dog and just talk to him and say, you know, hey, we want you here. You're the real deal, like you mentioned before. What 
can we do to make you happy? You know, <laughs> obviously we have the resources because yeah. we've been paying out trillions of dollars in buyouts for <laughs> football coaches. So, yeah. you know, we, we can give this dude a lot of money, but I would go beyond more than just money. You know, uh, you know, like you mentioned, facility upgrades, you know, what, whatever. So what, what do you think Danny White should do? Um, and do you think Tony might leave T-Dog? <laughs> T-Dog. Do I think T-Dog's going to leave? I think he would only leave for a big-time program, and if that is LSU, I, I mean, I think that there's a real possibility. You know, LSU has a, a pretty sweet stadium. I mean, they have, you know, the tradition. They have, you know, a good roster already. Could they pay him more than we could? You know, I don't really know. Um, but one thing I know that we we have that LSU does is players that, you know, that Tony's worked with, T-Dog's worked with, and that he's <laughs> currently recruiting and things like he already has those relationships with everybody. He knows exactly what he what he needs and and what he wants uh, in regards to you know facility upgrades and things like that. But I think Danny White, of course, I th- if if Danny White hasn't had the conversation of, of exactly what do you want for the program, um, I think you know the checkbook. You know, we always say you know write him a blank check, but I think I think it goes beyond um, just salary wise i think you know making a commitment of you know so many million dollars and and facility and stadium upgrades and and all of that you know we're so prideful of the 102,455 that sit in Neyland when uh, in Lindsey Nelson Stadium we're in the bottom third of capacity in uh, SEC stadiums at like 4,000 so you know i think that that's something that Tennessee kind of prides themselves on especially with Neyland Stadium um, Thompson Bowling, you know, holds 21,000. So that's one of the top capacities in all of college basketball. So, um, you have to think that we, we need to add, you know, three, 4,000 seats when, you know, essentially double the capacity of what it already is to, to kind of mimic what other SEC programs already have. So to say yeah. that we're be- behind the eight ball in facilities is kind of an understatement right now. Like the outside of Lindsey Nelson Stadium just looks like a big piece of concrete. Like, it's awful. It's pretty ugly, and it's honestly, for a number four team in the country, it's pretty embarrassing. Um, you know, the press box is nothing but just a little box that, you know, high schools have. So, um, I know a few years ago they tried doing some upgrades. I know they've done, like, locker room and, like, player things. Um, in regards to facility upgrades, but nothing for the fans. I know I heard a lot of people complaining about, um, you know, typically Lindsey Nelson Stadium isn't sold out, but for the Arkansas game, you know, it was completely sold out for three days straight. And they only have like two or three concession stands in the whole stadium. And there were just lines and lines of people trying to get to concession stands. And, you know, they were missing like a whole inning, just waiting in lines. So, you know, if we're going to be continuously in the in the top five in the country and, and you know, stadiums are going to be sold out, then we need to upgrade. And it kind of goes back to just basic principle. You know, if you renovate, if you want to keep him, you give him more money. But if you renovate as well and add more seats, I mean, sold out for all three games against Arkansas. Could you imagine how much more money they would have had if their stadium was bigger? And all that yeah. money can go right back to what you're investing in in the first place. So, mm-hmm. I, I know. I I do think he does love it. I think he loves it here. And 
it's obvious that he doesn't really get along <laughs> with the Arkansas coaches or what, whatever that yeah. was. I don't – I did you hear him say it was like an off-the-field issue that he shouldn't have brought it up? I don't – Everybody says that it's like something to do with recruiting. So I don't know if – Oh, I know, bet I he – I don't know if somebody was saying – but it was something that the Arkansas coach did supposedly. But oh. I don't know what it was. Well, I, I bet – T Dog said something along along the lines of "You're number one, and you beat us because of the players I brought into your probably onto your team." You know, but who who knows? But <laughs> man, I I just I agree with you. I saw you know pictures of the game. Obviously, you know when Max Ferguson hit that grand slam, and it showed the stadium, and it seriously looked like maybe five or six rows. You know in the whole stadium and even coming from a guy who's not familiar with baseball and college baseball crowds I was I was thinking that looks really small really really small so hopefully they can get everything upgraded to keep him and hopefully Danny White you know has that conversation with him I'm not sure and if we are talking raises you know how much does he offer because I know didn't Fulmer give him an extension in 2019 or Mm -hmm. Um, I can't remember how long it was good for, but, um, but I mean, like D1 baseball coaches aren't known to make very much if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, SEC, I think SEC probably pays like most other sports pays the most for their head coaches. And I know that Tim Corbin, the Vanderbilt head coach, Vanderbilt's kind of different just because they're the private school. Um, they can offer more scholarships and they have, Essentially, they can offer more money in, in different ways, but they can also offer, you know, typical SEC school that's not private only has, like, I think just under 12 scholarships for the full baseball team, and there's, like, 50 players. So, I mean, a lot of them are walk-ons. A lot of them are just on academic. Um, most of them don't have full rides for baseball. So, But Vanderbilt can do, some, do different things because they're private school. Um, they can offer more scholarships. They can do a lot more things that – that most programs can't. So it's kind of unfair in some situations they can have more coaches cause they can just pay them instead. Um, but yeah, the, the typical salary, you know, Vitello right now he's making 600,000 or so, um, which is up from, I think 400 or 450,000 from what he was making just a couple of years ago. And I think he's scheduled to go up another, uh, like a hundred thousand for next year or something like that. But you know, with incentives, I don't. I'm sure he has some incentive for making the World Series or regionals or something like that. But you know, I think if I think Danny White would be honestly pretty dumb if he doesn't raise him up to about a million for this year, mm-hmm. just to keep other teams from. Um. You know, I know a lot of other SEC programs probably wouldn't offer their head coach at baseball a million dollars or so. So, um. I think you're you're kind of set yourself up in, into the the next tier of programs that can actually offer that, or currently have coaches that are potentially retiring that have already that are already making a million, and they can offer that again. Um, so I think that we have to do that. Um, do I think we should make them the highest paid baseball coach in in SEC? No, I don't think he deserves the two million yet. Um, he hasn't really made it past the the regionals yet. He hasn't been to a college World Series yet. Um, he's still kind of working on that, but I mean, if he wins it all this year or if he makes it to the championship game, then 
Um, at that point, I would probably say, uh, yeah, you know, one and a half to two million. <laughs> yeah, I I agree with you. I think he's worth that much. And yeah. I I also agree with you that Danny White cannot mess this up. You know, if uh, this is big for Danny, I mean, this is yes. You don't want to have to hire a baseball coach after this. No, and just imagine Vol Nation, Vol Twitter, social media, if Tony leaves to another school, yeah. to, a, to a rival school. Especially an school. SEC school. Yeah, because that's who's going to come after him, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that there's anybody else that will, because I don't think anybody else has the money to offer a, um, you know, a million dollars to him. Yeah, it's, it's going to be. programs. It'll be a mess, and I tell you right now, you're not going to find someone who the fans love more than who you got right now. So, yeah, do whatever you can to get him in there. And yeah, it, it, even if he's worth you know that one million dollars, the stadium's going to be packed. And, you know, maybe it's because it only holds twenty people, but it's going to be packed, <laughs> and you're going to be making a lot of money off of it. Yeah. So, but you mentioned. The major stadium upgrades. So you think if they give this dude a raise and give him some stadium upgrades, uh, do you, anything in particular with the stadium? Um, I know you mentioned it just looks like a big blob of concrete and stuff like that. It's but, rough. Uh, like it do, looks bad. So you think they need to get a updated, you know, press box, yeah. and then more seats? Yeah, I, I just think it needs to look better and bigger, and and then you're good. No, just based on what I saw in the the pictures of the highlights whenever it showed the crowd yeah, they, cheering. You know, a lot of the Tennessee buildings have a similar look in the in the brick and all that kinds of stuff. So, you know, I think you should add some of that that look, the Tennessee traditional brick and, you know, however else they want to whatever they consider their signature building style. They need to add that to the stadium. They need to extend it down. Both both uh, foul lines all the way down the stadium. You know they need to add extra seating down the left field line because right now it's just like picnic tables sitting there next to the bullpen on the visitor side, and it just looks terrible. Just a parking lot. Um, you know the the seating kind of ends right at the end of the the third base dugout, so mm-hmm. they need to extend it down. You know at least. I mean, I don't know why they wouldn't extend it down almost all the way down to the foul line or the the foul pole there in the corner. Mm. But then there was also some like some pictures that were released on Twitter that looked like it showed some kind of poster boards full of uh, like renovations. And if you're familiar with Lindsey Nelson Stadium, you know in the in the left field um, outfield they have what's called the porch, yeah, which are essentially but, like huh. yeah, they're essentially like. Um, they're where like, the football uh, team hangs out, right? Kind of, yeah, but you're supposed to reserve them. They're essentially like just large bays, or I guess you call them. I don't really know. Um, but you reserve them. They have like grills out there, so you can you can grill out and all this other kinds of stuff. But they had like drawings of, of the porch, and it was like a two-level thing. If, you can, if you've been to Top Golf, it's kind of like that. Um, you know, everybody has their own bay. It's multi-level. And uh, it looked pretty cool. You know, it was all bricked, and it was all, I mean, it looked pretty nice from the drawings. Then it also had, like, a little uh, walkway area that led to the to the uh, left field bleachers and, and stands. So I think that that would be a good upgrade. I don't know why they don't have any seating in the in the right the right field line. I know that's where the, score, or 
not right, not the not the line, but the uh, outfield. Um, I don't know why they don't have some seating out there, but I know that's where the scoreboard is. So that's also where their bullpen is. So that could be why. That would be awesome, especially you mentioned all brick. Yeah, I think all brick looks really that that I don't know why, but all brick stuff that looks modern and nice just reminds me of like. You know, the Anderson Football Stadium, just just really, yeah. really nice in Tennessee. So, yeah, yeah, I, I definitely would be fine with that. So, yeah. hopefully, those rumors yeah. are true. Um, were they? Were the? Was it like on an official Tennessee thing, or did some? Was it just some guy that posted pictures of it? You know, it was just a guy, but supposedly the guy works in like the communications department or something like that at Tennessee. That okay. someone, I think. I think it was in one of the buildings and somebody confirmed that it was actually in the buildings or something like that. But I mean, they haven't been officially released by anybody, um, I guess officially allowed to release it. So, I mean, it could be, and it could be all wrong. It could be just a random poster boards for something. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, something needs to happen. Something has to happen. You know, I don't know how quickly they can do all that, but, um, Hopefully it can be done quick. I don't know what it is about South Knoxville, but there is always 500 roads that are that have construction <laughs> going on. So yeah. I, I just want to be like, can you guys just upgrade some stuff at the stadium real quick? Or <laughs> upgrade Neyland real quick? Yeah. But yeah, every street is under construction ever since I've been alive over there. I don't know what's going on. Yep. But yeah, so hopefully we can get those upgrades going, and hopefully we can – win against Arkansas not Arkansas South Carolina tomorrow do you think we'll beat them surely I mean we're the bet we're the better team so you would think so but we lost today so I think I they'll anything's, come out. anything's possible I think they'll come out mad tomorrow and just dominate yeah, them so Vanderbilt's up 5-2 right now god come on Kentucky <laughs> never never thought I'd <laughs> the say that the one time you want to pull for Kentucky I don't know I can't stand Kentucky lately especially because <laughs> They think they're decent at football now, which I guess they kind of are. But it is what are it they is. Decent man. or are we just bad? I, you know, <laughs> I think we were just bad. Um, they have we did the, though, like consecutive pick sixes. They yeah, we did that, and he had the most boring offensive team the whole time. <laughs> Stoops has been there. It has been the most boring offense. It's so boring. That the announcer on their home games at Kroger Field and Piggly Wiggly Stadium, he has to get he has to get so excited when they do a first down because it takes them forever to get to the end zone because it's like two to three yards each time and it's just so yeah. annoying. It's always I use this comparison a lot, but it's like that annoying friend that would come over and play Mortal Kombat with you and he'd use the same move over and over. And then yeah. he's just like, in your face. I'm just like, I'm not impressed by that. Like, I'm not impressed by that. Like, yeah, you won, yeah. but I don't know if you were better or you were just annoying. But, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, don't get me started. That was so, Sean's rant. Rant of, yeah. the, rant of the episode right there. Yeah, Sean's random Mortal Kombat rant of Kentucky <laughs> Wildcats. So, yep. uh, I mean, if, if you're going to beat us like Alabama, like, yeah, clearly they were better and they yeah. had a much more entertaining offense. Don't run the ball two to three yards and get hype about a first down. You're not Cam <laughs> Newton. Just stop it. So, but speaking of football, uh, let's just say <laughs> if Netflix started a new documentary, you know, like The Last Chance You, 
if yeah. they if they started transfer portal U, Tennessee would be on season one, and they'd probably uh, have yeah. like four or five seasons. I don't know what Heifel and company are doing, but they are killing it in the transfer portal. And you know what he's doing different than what he did than what Pruitt and company did. I, I feel like they're listening to us. They're listening to <laughs> our the fans because the, the you know before all this happened, when Henry T was leaving. And now he's in Tuscaloosa for whatever reason. Maybe he must have went in Addy. Who who knows? But everybody was like, man, we need linebacker depth. What does this guy do? He goes out and gets the the star linebacker from Texas, Javon Mitchell. And then people are like, man, we need depth at cornerback. What does he do? He gets a guy from a cornerback. Man, we need defensive tackle. He gets Terry from Kansas. He is just (laughs) – I feel like he's just listening to us and – uh, I don't know. He's delivering as far as the transfer portal goes. We'll see what happens in the fall, but uh, it's definitely <laughs> it's definitely exciting, you know, for the off season. So, what what are your overall thoughts so far, just on the transfer portal? Do you does this dude have a mic in our house or something? What's going on? Well, uh, hopefully, some of them actually turn out to be starters because um, we need some. I mean, we of course we need depth, like you were just saying, a linebacker. I mean, the linebacker depth is just abysmal at this point. So. Um, anything that we can get, you know, anybody that wants to play linebacker. I know at one point we had like our long snapper at linebacker just because we didn't have anybody else. So, you know, as long as we can get some people in there that can cover the slant and, uh, you know, maybe fill some gaps and some run, run game. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I think we're, we're getting some good depth. I mean, we've lost so many players. It's going to be hard to, you know, fill any kind of depth on the defensive side and, um, on the offensive line. So, you know, the more the merrier at this point, you know, I don't, you know, you're always wanting those, you know, those big time players that are coming from other programs. Um, like the Juwan Mitchell guy from Texas, that's actually played a lot of football, but you know, a lot of the guys that are coming in from our transfer portal, I think they have a lot of potential. They haven't had a lot of experience. Um, but I think we can coach them up and I think that they can be serviceable. Um, maybe a couple starters come out of it. Who knows? Um, but yeah, it'd be it'd be awesome if we if they did. I definitely think you'll probably see two to three of these guys start, and uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I think four. Juwan Mitchell's a, a an instant starter at linebacker. Oh yeah, man. I, I um so he's probably you could argue he's one of the most exciting guys in the portal that that's coming to us. So I'm very very happy that he's coming to Tennessee. Um, I think everybody opened him with welcome arms, mm-hmm. especially just because it helped that Henry T blow. You know what I mean? So I saw a bunch of funny things saying, all we got to do is throw the slant against Alabama and then we'll win. Yeah. So, But, yeah, I'm pretty pumped about it. We should have it. scheduled Michigan State, too. We could have thrown some slants against Crouch. Yeah, Corvarius Crouch. <laughs> Man, I was so excited about his potential. Duh, I don't want to get on that rant. Another, another, We've already had one rant. I can't go on another one about Next Mortal episode. Kombat. Yeah, next episode, the Golden Eye rant. Yeah. yeah. So the portal, our first guy we got is the outside linebacker from Michigan, right? So William yep. Mohan. So uh, the only thing I know from him is he's from Michigan. He's got experience. Um, not much not, experience. Yeah, not much. <laughs> but I think he was a four-star recruit uh, based on your recruiting websites. But I think it might have been 24-7 he was – you know that borderline four-star recruit so mm-hmm. uh obviously i'm gonna be honest we, we were more excited about juan mitchell than this cat but 
I'm just excited about death at this point. You kind of mentioned that. So um, you kind of along the same long along the same lines as Mohan. Yeah, I don't I don't expect him to come in and be a starter. Um, he was a freshman last year going in going to Michigan. I think he actually only had one tackle for the whole year. I don't know how much he actually played, uh, but I know Michigan was pretty decent at linebacker. So um, he's following. I know they got a d- new defensive coordinator, and then their linebackers coach came here actually. So. Um, so I guess our linebackers coach saw something good, good in him to where that he would accept him to come in as a transfer. So, and the quarterback too, um, and Milton, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I would expect him to add some depth. You know, I don't know how much he'll see the field um, outside linebacker, but he's he's pretty quick. So, I, you know, he'll be. Uh, he wasn't that big either, like weight wise. So I don't know if he could be that kind of defensive end kind of guy outside rusher, but. Um, he is pretty fast. I think he ran like a four six or four six five or something like that. So he's relatively fast, and he could. Uh, I think I was reading something on him whenever he was coming out of high school. That he was pretty raw at linebacker. He was uh, needed to work on his his upper body strength, is what they said. So he was relatively small, but um, you know, working on coverage and things like that. So hopefully, he can come in and learn and get some experience. Yeah, you know, typically that stuff doesn't worry me as much just because we have, I mean, we have like a state-of-the-art weight room. We have like all these trainers and coaches and strength coaches. So that, yeah, yeah, I'm kind of with you. That doesn't worry me as much. So um, hopefully he can get some weight on him if that's what he needs and get up to par. And uh, I I can't remember. So he's outside linebacker, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so hopefully, I think he'll be fine at that adjustment, especially, you know, you kind of want your bigger guys a little bit bigger at middle linebacker to kind of get in there and stop that run. But I'm excited, uh, even if it's just debt to get, you know, our starters some some breathing room because our opponents have loaded running backs all over the place. <laughs> so I'm excited about him. And then the other guy we got is uh, – another one we got is Dejon Terry, the defensive tackle from Kansas. So – Obviously, before this dude made it publicly official, it was heavily rumored. I'm pretty sure it was leaked almost, but everybody was like, oh, that we got a couple spots left, one's for Terry, one's for Terry. So we finally made it official. This is huge because we need – every SEC team needs this for depth, but he might he might push his way up to starting blocks. You know, mm-hmm. I think he's 6'4", 6'3", something like that. But He's like 300 pounds. Yes, he's he's a big old boy, so I'm pretty excited about him. I know a lot of our defensive line has been hurt with injuries, yeah. so he might he's got a chance. I'm not saying he will, but he's definitely got a good chance to try and get under that one or two spot. So, mm-hmm. um, do you know anything about Terry? I don't, I mean I haven't seen much Kansas football, so. <laughs> well, they were just about the worst team in all of Division One football last year, but I think that they were saying. Because I was trying to read up on him, and they were saying that his stats were kind of deceiving. He said he got a lot of double teams, and um, you know, a lot of people put a lot of attention to him. So he was pretty good at disrupting on the run and, and things like that. So, um, you know, as long as we have somebody that can kind of get in there, and I mean, if we can attract some double teams, we can have some other. We have some other defensive linemen that are pretty decent. You know, maybe get them on some one-on-one situations, and um, you know, kind of cause some problems in the backfield but yeah I think he could um I think he'll push for a starter position 
I know we have a lot of trouble keeping our defensive linemen healthy for some reason. Solomon gets hurt every play, and, you know, Matthew Butler's pretty good. But, um, yeah, I think he could uh, maybe be a starter. Yeah, I definitely think he has potential. I know, yeah. If you That's the one position group where if we had to name starters, I would be the most puzzled. I feel like it's kind of anybody's game and whoever just shows up the most. I don't know. If I can name a guaranteed starter right now at defensive tackle, like a guaranteed starter, I, I really don't think I can name one. So, yeah. But yeah, I'm excited to see this dude. I think he's hungry. And if those rumors are true that he was double teamed, that's great because you can just, yeah. you know, the boy next to him can just go get that sack. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about that and excited to have him over at yep. Vol Nation. Uh, another dude we got is from Auburn. So an SEC SEC rival SEC school, so uh, yeah, Kamal is it Haddon? Kamal Haddon? I don't know if probably Hayden if I had to guess. Kamal Hayden, okay. Kamal Haddon, Hayden, however you want to say it. So K Dog, (laughs) okay, okay, me. Him and T Dog, him and T Dog, man, they're tight. So i'll let you take this one but the only thing i know is um he's a defensive back from auburn which is huge because we need that we need depth of that position group very bad so uh what what do we got coming with hayden 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 k dog uh originally out of high school committed to central michigan so i know that's not very impressive Uh, i think he spent one year there i don't know how much he actually played then went juco and then I think he was ranked in like the top 30 or so in the JUCO rankings. And then in the fall of last, in 2020, signed with Auburn. Um, but then I guess he went to the spring. I don't I don't know if he, I'm assuming he signed under Gus whenever he was still there. Um, so, I, I mean, I think he, he should be a pretty good player if he signed out of, you know, JUCO to go to Auburn when, at a time when they're actually relatively decent. Um so he never actually played any for Auburn other than just practice in the spring. I know he has good size. He's like 6'2", like 190. So um, with our struggles in the on the cornerback area, especially with Bryce Thompson going uh, going to the draft, but free agency. Um, uh, yeah, could be a starter, could be depth guy, could, uh, you know, he could be, um, he could be really good. I don't, honestly, I don't really know. What's going on with Auburn? Like, is their coach just so bad at holding on to players? I, I mean, I, I, it's hard for us to talk because a lot of our players uh, have left. 40 players in there. But, I mean, like, I feel like Auburn, just so many people have left. And I, I will say Auburn was never, nowhere near as bad or embarrassing as we were. Yeah. And I think they still have their same AD, if I'm not mistaken. So, like, mm-hmm. we were in a much worse state. So, I, yeah, I, I think know. it's just a lot of the players are were there. They were committed to Gus. They were committed to a specific system. Um, you know, I don't. Maybe they just don't like the fit, or they just don't like the coach. They don't like the scheme. You know, they they were told they weren't going to play. Who knows? It's kind of sad in a way that you know they they commit to just that stuff instead of thinking, do I like this university? Do I want to play for this university? Yeah. I wish that tied into it more, but that's just not the world we live in anymore. You know, we're talking about we're talking about a social media era. You know, do you watch that Pat McAfee show? Uh, you know, occasionally I see a lot of clips. I don't really watch the actual show. 
<clears throat> the our boy Jason Brown from Last Chance U was on there. That <laughs> they had they had an episode, and he he said that he was talking with Lane Kiffin and all these guys, and he said, you know, Twitter is a huge game changer in recruiting. And they mentioned that whoever first offers him a scholarship, like 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 if you're even thinking about wanting a kid, and like a Central Michigan offers him then you need to offer him because Central Michigan offered him on Twitter. Like, and it's like a first-come, mm-hmm. first-serve. Like, if you offered him a scholarship first on Twitter, you're more likely to get him. And that that's just crazy to me, you know. <laughs> like, to just be in the loop, you got to offer him on Twitter yeah. or something like that. But it's the world we live in. You know, these are 17, 18-year-old kids. But mm-hmm. um, he's got – Kamal Hayden, 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 K-Dog. He's got good size, though. <laughs> you, you mentioned he's 6'2", which is – really good because we're going to have, he's going to be going up some talented, you know, passers and some talented receivers. So yeah, I'll take that size all day long. So all day, all day. But yeah. And I think if I'm not mistaken, there's some insiders saying that there might be a couple more people coming from the portal. So I don't know what the, the, the numbers doing. are so hard to follow. Like you can back count forward count, you know, you can take players out. They're gonna maybe be walk-ons, blue shirts, gray shirts, mm-hmm. red shirts. <laughs> it's so weird because you know we thought that we could take about four transfers in the beginning, and now we've, we're up to like eight. So I don't know. I don't know how many we can count or what's gonna happen. Heck, people keep leaving, so it's just opening up more spots. <laughs> so yeah, but that's really not how it works. So that's the weird part. You would think you'd be oh, able to really? take as many players as that leave but you can only count so many and they have to that's why this back counting and forward counting you can take players against scholarship numbers for the years ahead it's really weird and it's hard to explain and nobody really knows where the numbers are coming from because schools never really say do you think covid has thrown a wrench into all this since everyone kind of got like a free year not really because they don't count against the scholarship numbers like the seniors and stuff um, the free year doesn't count against your scholarship numbers. So, yeah, I think I don't, I forget how many players you can have, but even if you have over those numbers, the seniors don't count against it, I guess I should say. So it's, I don't know, it's really confusing. So, um, I'll try not to get too much into it. <laughs> yeah, Just I, honestly, I don't know where the numbers come from or, and nobody really knows how many more you can take. So, um, I think eventually you're just going to see that one of our signing classes only has 20 players in it, and it's because we've signed you know so many extra this year, and maybe they're wanting to count some forward for the next year. Who knows? Yeah, who knows, man? But yeah, one thing's for certain: baseball is fun for the first time ever for me for Tennessee football and mm-hmm. <laughs> or Tennessee football for Tennessee as a whole. Uh, baseball's been really cool, so. I, I hope Danny White does whatever he can to keep Tony Vitello. So I I definitely think they need it. Everybody loves him. I haven't heard one yep. negative thing about him. Like when he was arguing with those Arkansas coaches, people just fell in love with him even more. So they <laughs> even really though did. they didn't even know what he was arguing about. <clears throat> no, no. It, <laughs> had he won, it might have been different. But yeah, I know. oh yeah. So did you? Was there something else about baseball that you wanted to touch on? Baseball, no, but there was a quick basketball note um, that just came out today. There was, uh, the, I don't know if it was a preseason tournament or like a 
Going to start the year tournament. Hall of Fame tip-off tournament in Vegas. Um, I think there's only four teams, but our first-round matchup against Villanova. So it'll be a big-time uh, game against a big-time program, Villanova. The other two teams, I'm assuming we play all four, all three other teams in Purdue and North Carolina as well. Um, awesome. So it should be a, a fun tournament in Vegas and uh, um, with a good team. I know our uh, our freshmen for the 2021 class are on campus. So Kennedy Chandler, uh, James Adu, uh Huntley, Brandon Huntley, Hatfield, whatever his name is. Uh, uh, the yeah, guy that reclassified. Um, Joshai Mashik, or however you say his name. But I think they're all on <laughs> campus. I know that yeah. Justin Powell from Auburn transfers on campus. So build that continuity so we can get that championship next year. Should have a good, that, really good team. That's awesome, man. It's a Hall of Fame tip-off tournament in Vegas. A road trip. Heck yeah. Yeah. That that would that's really cool, man. And Villanova, yeah. I mean Villanova, North Carolina, and Purdue—they're all really good teams. So, the, yeah. to the fact that we're doing this this early in the preseason just shows what Rick Barnes has done. You know, I'm I'm very very excited about that. And man, I hope we beat the snot out of Purdue. I'm still so mad at them for beating us in the, the tournament a few years ago. Yeah, yep. Edwards just went off. So that was insane. We were we watched that game together. We were so mad. We, it was <laughs> we were just watching the TV just in silence. He was just lighting us up. So, do you think North Carolina is going to take a step back without Roy Williams? Yeah, they had quite a few players transfer. I haven't looked at the recruiting class for this or for 2021, but yeah, I can imagine that they're kind of kind of take a step back. They had some transfers transfer out, so I can't imagine they'll be as good as they normally are. I'm not saying their coach is bad. I don't even, but I don't even know who replaced him. Like I thought they were going to. It was go the after. assistant coach. He'd been there for years. That's surprising to me, though. Like this is North Carolina. Like, I, I thought they were going to go after somebody like huge, like one of the best. So yeah. Well, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited about the tournament, regardless, man. So. Yep. Very very. They haven't excited. said when it'll be, so I'm assuming it'll be around. November-ish. November-ish, okay. All right, cool. I think that's well, around when the tournament starts, October, November. I'm excited. I hope I, I hope they come in swinging. I hope – man, could you imagine when we ended up winning this tournament? Oh, man, the momentum and the recognition <laughs> and the recruiting and just everything, it would feel so nice. I'd say we got a pretty good shot, though. Uh, I don't know what Purdue has. You mentioned North Carolina's losing a lot of people, and – Villanova is traditionally very good at basketball. Uh, they mm-hmm. might be our only threat that I see, you know, in this early, early matchups. But, man. Yeah, other basketball thing. There's, um, I think there's a few five-star prospects coming to unofficial visits um, early June. So, um, they're ones to watch out for. I think we're favorites for a couple five-stars. And then there's another four-star, B.J. Edwards, out of uh, Catholic High School here in Knoxville. Uh, four highly rated four star it's pretty good point guard so i think they're all three coming together on their official visits so hopefully that all goes well and uh go ahead and get them to sign early awesome man i'm excited i'm excited to see what they do and i think rick barnes is 
doing really good things. So if he can just mm-hmm. do a little bit more in the postseason, this dude might get one of them John Calipari contracts. So who knows? <laughs> that <laughs> lifetime. That's right. So, well, man, is there anything else you wanted to touch on before we wrap this up? Any closing mm-hmm. thoughts? Anything at all? The pollen killing nope. you too? No, actually not, but my wife, she has like a sinus infection right now. She had to go to the telehealth doctor. Yeah. I I don't get sinus infections. I get I just get this annoying drainage. It's just enough to annoy mm-hmm. me and yep. I just have to clear my throat like every 2 minutes. It's really frustrating, but yeah. I'm on the mend. Hopefully, so I'm I'm actually going on vacation. I'm going to be gone all next week and I'm going to a beach full of salt water. So I'm diving headfirst into that <laughs> ocean to see if it'll make my drainage feel better. I know it's really good to clear that stuff up. So I'm excited. I'm just excited about the seafood, to be honest. I think yeah, the, best, the best part about vacationing, especially at the beach, is just eating some fresh seafood. So yep. I'll, I'll probably come back on that 600-pound life documentary whenever we get back. <laughs> but I'm excited about it. And then you're going out of town uh, two weeks from now. Is that right? The Not the week. So you, you're gone next week, and then I'll be, well, I'll be back, or I'll still be here the week after that, and then we leave the week after. So okay. I guess two full weeks so yeah two weeks from now yeah so we'll try and get another episode um depending on what happens but we'll definitely try and keep you guys updated and posted along the way but um yeah if you don't have anything else uh, that's that's gonna do it for this episode of the rocky top times be sure to check us out on facebook the rocky top times and twitter twitter continues to blow up so thank you all for following us you know looking at our tweets and content on, on there and voting on our polls it really means a lot but definitely keep that up if you aren't following us on twitter it's the it's rocky top times 98 so give us a follow check us out uh that's gonna do it for this episode my name is sean my name is chase as always go vols go vols